Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Numbers. Hey, faithful listeners, and good morning. Hope you're having a great day so far. And guess what? I'm going to jump right into what we're talking about today because it's a lot. It's actually 65 verses we're going to be discussing today. But don't get scared because I'm going to break them down for you pretty easily. And I'm actually not going to read this chapter, almost none of it. I'm only going to read a handful of things because a lot of this is very repetitive. So I just want to break down Numbers 26, the whole thing and talk about uh, only a few little sections of it. So let's read Numbers 26 to start verses one through four, just to see what's going on. And then we'll get into the meat of it a little bit more after that. So grab your Bible, whatever version you prefer, but I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. After the plague, Yahweh spoke to Moses and to Eliezer, the son of Aaron, the priest, saying, Take a census of all the congregation of the children of Israel from 20 years old and upward by their father's houses, all who are able to go out to war in Israel. Moses and Eliezer, the priest, spoke with them in the plains of Moab by the Jordan at Jericho, saying, Take a census from 20 years old and upward, as Yahweh commanded Moses and the children of Israel. Okay, so basically what's going on here is God wants Moses and Eliezer, the new high priest, to take a census of everybody who is able to go to war in all the different tribes of Israel. But the reason for this census was not just to understand their numbers, but also to break up the inheritance among the tribes. Because we'll see way, way down here, after all the tribes are counted, and this is like almost 50 verses of the tribes being counted, it says here in verses 52 through 56, Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, To these the land shall be divided for an inheritance according to the number of names. To the more you shall give the more inheritance, and to the fewer you shall give the less inheritance. So basically, uh, God was asking Moses to make a census specifically so that they would know how many people were in each individual tribe so that they could break up the inheritance between all the the different tribes. Now, only 11 tribes would be getting the inheritance because the tribe of Levi would not be getting an inheritance because God was technically their inheritance. They kind of got a cool deal out of it because they were supposed to disperse among all the different tribes, blessing the individual tribes. And a lot of their inheritance had to do with the things that they would receive from the people that went towards the temple, just different things like that. But they would not be getting a specific plot of land the way the other tribes would be getting them. It would almost be like broken up into like little mini countries almost. (laughs) (laughs) Like the United States of America. That's how you can kind of look at it. You know, the United States of America has many different states, but it's all considered to be like one country, I guess. But I mean, I guess most countries are broken up that way. (laughs) But yeah, that's kind of how it would go down. Like the tribe of Asher would get this little section over here. The tribe of Dan would get this section, whatever. I'm going to go into a little bit verses four all the way through 56. And I'm going to talk about how many people were in each individual tribe. So here are the different tribes. First and foremost is the tribe of Reuben. And that consisted of the 
Hanakites, Paluites, Hezronites, and Carmites. Now, these would all be the sons of Reuben, by the way. Uh, so, you know, he had, it looks like four sons, Hanak, Palu, Hezron, and Carmi. So all of these sons of Reuben created their own mini tribe within the tribe of Reuben to make up 43,730 people, 30 men that could go out to war. So in verse 8, this is a verse I'm going to read, verses 8 through 11, it talks about two specific people that came from the tribe of Reuben. It says, the son of Palu was Eliab, and the sons of Eliab were Nemuel, Dathan, and Abiram. These are the same Dathan and Abiram who were called by the congregation who rebelled against Moses and against Aaron in the company of Korah when they rebelled against Yahweh. The earth opened up its mouth and swallowed them up together with Korah when that company died. At that time, the fire devoured 250 men and they became a sign, notwithstanding the sons of Korah didn't die. So what this is saying is basically that Dathan and Abiram, you remember those guys, they were pretty much wiped out by God. However, Korah, when we talked about the whole rebellion of Korah a few chapters ago, um, Korah, Korah's family did not die. Korah himself did, in fact, die, but Korah's family did not. So I, I kind of wonder about that. I wonder if Korah, Korah's family didn't stand by him the way Dathan and Abiram's family did, because we saw that Dathan and Abiram's family stubbornly stu stood by Dathan and Abiram, I suppose, but perhaps Korah's family did not stand with Korah and God spared them. So that's kind of a little snippet in here discussing the tribe of Reuben because Dathan and Abiram were in fact of the tribe of Reuben. A handful of times we'll see that there are special, I guess, special circumstances or special people that need to be named, I guess, within some of the tribes, not all of them, but a handful of them. So after this, it mentions the tribe of Simeon, the Nemulites, the Jamanites, the Jaconites, the Zerites, the Shalites, and the tribe of Simeon happened to be the tiniest tribe with only 22,200 men that could go to war. After this, it is the tribe of Gad. Uh, the sons were Zephan, Haggai, Shunai, Osni, Eri, Arid, and Arali. I think that was the most of like the mini tribes. Don't forget, these sons would make up the mini tribes within the tribe. So, you know, one of the sons was named Zephan. They would become the Zephanites. So I guess if people would ask you like, oh, what tribe are you from? You'd be like, I'm the Zephanite tribe of Gad. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kind of making that up. But anyway, Gad in total had 40,500 men that could go to war. After this, we talk about Judah, the tribe of Judah, the big famous tribe. And because Judah was a very famous tribe and obviously Jesus is going to come from the line of Judah, we already see that there's some special circumstances going on with the tribe of Judah. Right off the bat, it says Er and Onan were the sons of Judah and they died. I don't know if you guys remember me talking about Er and Onan. But they were way back in the, the book of Genesis, right during the middle of everything that was going on with Joseph, like when Joseph was sold as a slave, Judah went out <laughs> and uh, long story short, he had uh, intercourse with his daughter-in-law. But anyway, Er and Onan died right off the bat because they were evil. We don't know what they did, 
but they were evil in God's sight. So God ended up killing them. And then the entire story happened with Judah and his daughter-in-law. And you can go back and read that. I think it's like Genesis 41, I think it is. I'm not 100% sure specifically, but I know it's like in the later chapters of Genesis. So if you're curious about what happened to Er and Onan way back at the beginning of everything, go ahead and uh, turn over to, I think, uh, Genesis 41. But anyway, Er and Onan died, but Judah also had three other sons named Shelah, Perez, and Zerah. Now, Perez, I think he's one of the special guys because he has a handful of sons that are mentioned here. Specifically, Hezron and Hemuel. And let me see here. It also says that Hezron and Hemuel, in total, together, the entire tribe of Judah, being the largest tribe, came out with 76,500 people, men that could go to war. After this, we move on to Issachar. There was Tola, Puva, and Jashub, and Shimron. Issachar had 64,300 people. Then there's Zebulun with Sered, Elon, and Jalil, 60,500 people. It looks like the average was in like the 50s and 60s <laughs> for the amount of people. But after this, it mentions the tribe of Joseph. And you remember that Joseph didn't exactly get his own tribe. It was kind of split between his two sons, making up half tribes. So the two sons were Manasseh and Ephraim, and Manasseh had a million kids like there were so many Manassehites. <laughs> uh, he had a lot of family and so it actually says that there were some daughters one of Manasseh's kids was named Zelo Zelophehad I think it says he had no sons but daughters and the name of the daughters of Zelo Zelophehad <laughs> were Mala Noah Hagla Milka and Terza so this is another special case where we see some daughters mentioned in the tribe of Manasseh. But that made up the entire family of Manasseh, which was 52,700 men that could go to war. And also Ephraim, the other son of Joseph, Joseph had uh, 32,500 men that could go to war. Now we have four more tribes to talk about. It says Benjamin, his sons were Bela, Ashbel, Ahiram, Shephupham, Hufam, and Naaman. Benjamin made up 45,600 men that could go to war. Now, Dan is an interesting guy because he only had one son. And somehow they only became the Shuhamites. There was only one tribe of Dan, basically, the family of the Shuhamites, which was Dan's son. So these are the families of Dan, the Shuhamites. <laughs> that was it. And they made up 64,400 men that could go to war. Then after this, it talks about Asher. He had three sons, Imna, Ishva, and Berea, made up 53,400 men. And also, it looks like Asher had a daughter, um, which was named Sarah. So she's another special name mentioned within all these different tribes, this daughter named Sarah. And yeah, Asher together made up 53,400 men. Now, after this was Naphtali. And Naphtali had th four sons. And don't forget, I mean, all of these tribes are named after real people. So Naphtali was an actual person. And Naphtali truly had four sons named Jazil, Guni, Jezer, and Shilam. And 
Out of everybody in that tribe, Naphtali, it made up 45,400 people. Now, the total of every single one of these was 601,730. So don't forget, every single one of these tribes, because they were broken up like this, the ones with fewer people would receive fewer, rather less acreage, I suppose, of land. And the tribe that was the biggest, which was the tribe of Judah, they would receive more. That's what God says in verse 54. To the more you shall give the more inheritance, to the fewer you shall give the less inheritance. To everyone according to those who are counted of him shall his inheritance be giving. Then it says after that, notwithstanding, the land shall be divided by lot. And according to the names of the tribes of their fathers, they shall inherit. According to the lot shall their inheritance be divided between the fewer and the more. So basically, the land would be split up by casting lots. What's that mean? By uh, <laughs> um, basically just like by a roll of the dice. So half part of this land over here would go to Judah and part of this land over here. We rolled the dice and they're going to this one's going to go to Naphtali or whatever. So that is how the land was supposed to be decided. So it was kind of a fair way to decide who gets what inheritance just by the roll of the dice. And that would be a way to stop the tribes from arguing with each other. Oh, we wanted that land, you know. Well, the dice said that you don't get that land over there. <laughs> now, of course, this means that Judah would get the most land since they are the largest tribe, and Simeon would get the least amount of land since they are the tiniest tribe. So yeah, that's basically how this gets broken up. But now we're going to talk about verses 57 through 65, where God describes the Levites. So here's what these verses say. These are those who were counted the, of the Levites after their families. Of Gershon, the family of the Gershonites. Of Kohath, the family of the Kohathites. Of Merari, the family of the Merarites. So my own little input here. We talked about how those were like the many tribes of Levi, the Gershonites, the Merarites, and the Kohathites. We already talked about what each individual mini tribe of Levi was supposed to do. And it says that these are the families of Levi, the family of the Libnites, the family of the Hebronites, of the Maulites, the Mushites, the Korahites. Kohath became the father of Amran. The name of Amran's wife was Jochebed, the daughter of Levi, who was born to Levi in Egypt. She bore to Amran, Aaron and Moses, and Miriam, their sister. To Aaron was born Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar and Ithamar. Nadab and Abihu died when they offered strange fire before Yahweh. These are those who were counted of them were 23,000, every male from a month old and upward. For they were not counted among the children of Israel because there was no inheritance given them among the children of Israel. These are those who were counted by Moses and Eleazar the priest, who counted the children of Israel in the plains of Moab by the Jordan at Jericho. But among these, there was not a man of them who were counted by Moses and Aaron the priest, who counted the children of Israel in the wilderness of Sinai. For Yahweh had said of them, they shall surely die in the wilderness. There was not a man left of them except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh and Joshua, the son of Nun. So what all of this is talking about is basically a breakdown of Moses's family, like who Moses came from, basically from the tribe of Levi. But then it starts talking about Aaron and Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar and Ithamar. And once again, Nadab and Abihu died when they offered the strange fire before Yahweh. So that's mentioned again. And then, of course, 
everybody who made up the tribe of Levi was 23,000, and that included every male from a month old and upward. So the tribe of Levi was pretty small, it looks like. But either way, it didn't really matter because they weren't counted as part of the inheritance. So then it says after this that Moses and Eliezer did everything that God told them to do. They counted all the people, but they did not count any of the people that were around when Aaron was still alive because no one was left. (laughs) It says now they have all died out. Every single person that was a part of the rebellion initially 40 years prior to this are now dead. So Moses is super old by this point, I should mention. Like he's an old, old man. And he was old when initially uh, God had him do everything at the beginning of all this. Like he was in his 70s or 80s. So, I mean, he was an old guy and God had him live a really nice, long life. And we're going to see soon that Moses does, in fact, pass away. Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) But not really a spoiler because we know it's going to happen at some point. But yeah, it basically says here that every single person that was initially brought out of Egypt is now dead and it's just their children that are left. So the children are now getting ready to take the promised land for themselves. And that's kind of the moral of why God is doing this. He's getting the children ready to take the promised land and to divide the land up so that they receive it as part of their inheritance. They are finally receiving their promise. And the cool thing about this is don't forget where the Israelites were just a chapter before this. These children had rebelled against God the same way that their parents had because they were worshiping the gods of Moab. And I mean, all of a sudden now God is saying like, look, your promised land is coming. And yet just before this, They were treating God with contempt. They were rebelling against him. But God just shows so much mercy to his people that he's giving them the promised land in spite of the fact that they had just gone through this terrible rebellion because we see that they did. It says in verse one after the plague, because that plague happened because the people rebelled against God. So it just shows the amount of mercy that God has that even though the children did a lot of the same sins that their fathers had, God shows mercy. And I just love that about God. He's very, very merciful. And it's shown so much in the Old Testament. And unfortunately, we don't see it. We forget stories like this where uh, God shows his mercy again and again and again to his people. Well, guys, this was just a bit of a history lesson and more of God's mercy shown towards his people in today's episode. And I certainly hope that you guys are all enjoying the podcast and that it's bringing meaning to your life. And if it is, please share it. Tell people that it exists. Let people know that the Bible Explained podcast is out there for their convenience. But anyway, everybody, I'm just going to let you go. And I hope you tune in tomorrow morning for an episode out of Luke. Until then, happy listening and God bless. Oh,